Good morning, friends. What a glorious day to be here together worshiping God on this uh, World Communion Sunday. When you arrived, you were handed a Dixie cup with your communion packet in it. If this is new for you, I just want to give you a couple of instructions because they can be a touch tricky. This is a two-part opening process. You'll find two tabs. Uh, the first tab is just a piece of cellophane. That's how you'll get your wafer out. So when the time comes later uh, during the communion, uh, just pull back the cellophane part for your wafer, and then you'll find a different purple tab for your juice, and you just pull that back um, for your juice at the time when Pastor Mary Jo leads us in our communion that we'll be celebrating with our brothers and sisters all across the world. If you are worshiping from home, this is your invitation to go grab your communion elements so that you can be prepared later during the worship service. A few announcements as we begin our time together. We have a couple of mission opportunities available this week. Uh, the first is that uh, GRIN, our partners, Gehanna Residents in Need, is looking for support for our youngest children in our community for their uh, snack packs that they receive over the weekend. So this helps provide nourishment for the children in our neighborhood and our neighborhoods that um, need some extra nutritional support on the weekends when they're not at school to receive the, um, the breakfast and the lunch options. Also, if you are planning on and haven't yet done so, making cookies for Kairos, you have one week left. The chocolate chip cookies are due back to the church a week from today. So that is October 11th. So you still have a week to get those chocolate chip cookies made for our friends through the Kairos ministry and brought back here to the church. If you have children in your family or you know of a family um, with children here through Stony Brook Church, uh, just a reminder that today is the, or this week is the last week to sign up for the fall ministry event, which is the pumpkin patch parable. Miss Kristen has some fun things planned for our, uh, for our children, and, but you do need to pre-register for that because it's, it's a time where so, uh, slots are assigned times. And so in order to keep everybody safe, uh, you, need to do, you need to sign up for a spot for that. And then finally, if you feel like you are being called to leadership at Stony Brook Church, know that um, right now we are accepting applications for our leadership board. Uh, they will be due, the applications will be due back in the church office and you can get your application from the church office. They're due next Sunday, October 11th. So if you feel you're being called to this vital, important, um, healthy board of people who are leading Stony Brook really well in this season, you are invited to apply for that. At this time, it is, uh, brings me great pleasure that we have Deb back in our midst to lead us in music along with the rest of our fantastic musicians. So let's prepare our hearts as the prelude prepares us for worship.
join me in a continued spirit of prayer. Oh God, we join our sisters and brothers around the world in remembering Christ's sacrifice for us, for the opportunity to eat and drink together, and for the life we have received. We give you thanks and praise. In the abundance of your many gifts, grant us grace to fill one another's lives with love, redeem, restore, and remold us until we are made new. Transform our daily bread into the daily bread of life and the cup that we drink into the cup of salvation. We pray all of this in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. again. Oh God, there are times where we just want to curl up in your lap and have you hold us and tell us it's going to be okay. And this has been one of those weeks. Anger, anxiety, and loss of control swirling all around us can be overwhelming. We are acutely aware of challenges facing the Gehanna schools and our hearts are pained at the turmoil. And yet we know we are not unique. The angst, concern, and problems facing all school systems is significant in these days, oh God. And it's so much. This is just the tip of the iceberg because you know what we hold deep in our hearts and where we are hurting the most. In broken relationships, in concern about the future, in worry about illnesses and jobs, and so much more. It's with your arms tightly hugging us that we're able to see, though, that life isn't too much. In your embrace, we begin to calm down just a little bit, and we find our center, and we see the world for what it is, a place of constant creativity and beauty. And through you, we more clearly see, clearly see our parts in your creation and what you are calling us to. We know we weren't designed to live in a constant state of anxiety, and we know that we were designed for goodness and delight. Celebrating World Communion Sunday today is yet another reminder that we were designed for community. It is through our shared communion with you that we get to work together with one another to bring about a more just and beautiful world. We pray all of this in the name of the one 
who wraps all of us up, holds all of us tight, and pulls all of us together. Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. From the scriptures, we continue in the Gospel of Matthew in the 21st verse, beginning with the, yeah, I did that at the early service. Let's try the 21st chapter and then moving into the 33rd verse. Friends, this one may kind of take away your breath as we hear the honesty with which our Lord speaks to us. Listen, Jesus says, to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time came, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, this is the heir, come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? And they said to him, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to the people that produce the fruit of the kingdom. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his, his parable, they realized he was talking about them and they wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? And now, almighty God, either through or in spite of this thy servant, speak to these your beloved ones who do have ears to hear and hearts to be broken open that they might attend and grow the fruits of your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
going to start out a little strange. In my growing up household, there was a very beautiful half round wood table that always sat in the living room with a lamp on it. And at the Advent and Christmas season, on that half round table would go the nativity set. You know, the one that all of us had that was plastic in nature. It had a plastic wooden structure. Notice plastic wooden-like structure. And there was the angel and Mary and Joseph and the babe and um, all the camels and the magi, you know, the, the normal characters of the nativity. Do not know why. All I know is that when a nativity goes out, if there is a child in the vicinity, it must be played with. Note to self, if I ever have children, giggle, it will be a plastic nativity set because I want my children, be they of my blood or of my love, to play with a nativity set. Needless to say, Horror of horrors, on the day I learned in Sunday school class that in all reality, the manger scene and the barn of Jesus' birthing was probably made out of stone, like a cave. What? This is not what I played with. This is not in my realm of understanding. I'm offended that it wasn't made out of wood and straw and the things that I was familiar with. What came out later and what has been consistent in my journey of scripture is that whatever I need to get communication with God going, God provides. That's why in one gospel, something is referred to as a basket, and in another gospel, it's referred to as a jar. Those are two different things if you understand the creative process, and yet what's going on is the teller of the love of God is trying to communicate with the people who understand what straw is or needs it to be a jar or, in my case, needed to be a wooden structure, discovering it was stone. The point is to get the point. That's the point. I think it's kind of fun that on this day, the scripture lectionary reading that many, many Christians all over this world will be referring to is this one. And I giggled when I read it and I said, oh, yay, another lectionary reading about stones. I guess we're not done with stones yet because Jesus talks about himself being the cornerstone on communion Sunday. Just like I found out that the real manger probably had more to do with stone than I knew, this story has to do with the cornerstone. For you see, it is a privilege to experience the gift of love and the encouragement of, God, of God's love in a form that can teach us. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about where I find myself blessed. 
It was that wonderful small little church at the intersection of soybean and corn that taught me about generosity. It was a time in the nature of Ohio that not long after I got there that it began to experience a drought. Now, the one thing you need to know about the church at the intersection of soybean and corn is that there was a set of railroad tracks that blew it in half, right down the middle. My house was on one side. Guess where the church was? On the other side. And more often than not, when the whistle would blow and we would all go, ooh, train's coming, I would immediately go, am I on the right side of the tracks? And if it was a Sunday morning, I would plow as fast as I could to dump my stuff in my car and make a beeline for the crossover street so that if by some chance the railroad was bound by a train waiting in the middle of the town, I would be on the right side. I had a uh, working knowledge of that train that this city girl didn't come with naturally. It only took once for me to understand that it's a problem if you're on the wrong side and the train stops. It just doesn't work very well, because I guarantee you, you don't take a train on. That place was a lovely community where I learned to milk cows. And I also learned what generosity was. Well, you see, in about a middle of my season with this congregation, the weather started to get really warm. The sun began to shine an awful lot. And there were very few clouds, and they rarely offered the relief of rain. And the corn crops and the soybean and all the other wonderful grains and fruit of the earth that we needed desperately to make it through the summer and make it through the winter literally were scorched. It looked like tumbleweed central, certainly nothing tall and luscious and green. And then I began to hear this farmer sold off his prize cows. This farmer stopped accumulating the hay that he needed. The consequences of a drought just took over my life, and, and I had nothing to do with it. I had no farm, I had no garden, much to the chagrin of my congregation, but they taught me in the midst of how dependent we are on each other in this moment, and all of a sudden, the news went out. You see, the farmers in the southwest part of the United States were in good weather. Their fields were growing hay, and by by the way, if you're more of a city person like me, there's a difference between hay and straw. Never call, never call hay straw. I'm, I'm just kind of cueing you. And the trains began to arrive, and the doors opened, and in those great big containers were bales of hay that nobody had bought 
that nobody had sought. They arrived because, you know, when you're a farmer and somebody else who's a farmer is in trouble, you go to your own barn and you look what you got and you say, you know, I'll share. And the generosity of God was lived into in that summer. Many of the farmers literally made it through because their fellow farmers in another part of the country gifted them. They uh, aligned with goodness. And they took the fruit that God had given them and shared it, this generosity, the same God that took and built a vineyard and protected it with the fence and made a well in it and made it possible for good things to come. This is the cornerstone that Jesus would ask you to align to. It is your choice as to how you align yourself with Jesus. Will we understand that in the midst of great hardship, there is a goodness that can be lifted and encouraged? It was also around that season that I became aware of a community of gathered people called the Society of St. Andrew. They were a gleaning society. They literally got together, and after the farmers had taken their big machines and plowed into the ground and surfaced all the potatoes and collected what they wanted, this group would come and literally handpick potato by potato, gather them into bags, take them into food pantries, help them make potato soup, and feed those who were hungry. It was the Society of St. Andrew that said, oh, by the way, my brothers, my sisters, there literally is enough food in this world for all if we do the work of sharing. The cornerstone. It's a fun concept to put your head around because it is the first stone laid. Traditionally in the northeast corner and great energy is placed to make it in the right spot at the right level with the right orientation because every other stone that is laid is laid in alignment with that stone. My friends, this is our day to remember that all over the world, brothers and sisters who call Jesus Christ Lord will break bread and share the cup today. Along with you are thousands, hundreds, millions, all aligned to Jesus that the words of our mouths and the deeds of our hands might truly come into alignment with the one who is our cornerstone, who was so easily dismissed and deflected 
but would not go away. My prayer for us all this day is that especially when we rise tomorrow, we rise remembering the goodness of God in the parable that we've heard, generosity and confusion as what we do with it, but then we take the cornerstone of Jesus' life and come into alignment with his witness so that the world may see we are one. I leave you with this thought. When we get so busy trying to be right that we lose sight of those who would have us come and be with them. It's time to realign. Amen.
for many. These are the words that will be heard around this world. It is a right and good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You have made from every nation and people to live on all the face of the earth, and so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water, and the Holy Spirit. He commissioned us to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth and to make disciples of all nations. And today, his family in all the world is joining at his holy table. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, he gave thanks to you, he broke the bread, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, when the supper was over, he took the cup. Again, he returned thanks to you. And he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink of this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with your church throughout the world and strengthen it in every nation and among every people that faithful witnesses will happen in your name. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. 
Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. In the name of the one who teaches us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The body of Christ, broken for you, take and eat. The blood of Christ, poured out for you, take and drink. From the depths of our hearts, we are filled with gratitude for this gift, for we have feasted at the table of our Lord, here on this side, promising the other. May we be the people God asks us to be, aligning ourselves with the cornerstone called Jesus. And the people said, Amen. realigned. You have claimed anew the Christ. And as you share in this world each day God gives you, you will remember the generosity with which God gives you so much so that the world might share in the good news. Let us join together in our benediction. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Responding to this gift of life and hope, are the gifts that you have brought to share with the world through the offering, you have also now been encouraged to move through the doors and live in the world as only God can. Blessings. Mm -hmm.